Welcome to the Masters of Comic Books podcast, where we're two fanboys with all the power. I'm your player one, Cole L. And I'm your player two, Dayspray. Oh my God, we're being recorded. Well, it's a good thing because it's a we're supposed to be recorded. Otherwise, we're just two buffoons talking to each other, going crazy for <laughs> no one else's pleasure but our own. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the best kind? <laughs> very true, very true. But this way, we get other people to get to listen to our geekness and annoyance. <laughs> Hello there, other people listening into our geekness and annoyance. <laughs> Welcome to another episode. Of masters of comic books. What a big week for comic books, actually. I mean, <sighs> we're getting news after news, and this week was a huge week for new comic books, I think. Just so many great new issues. And plus, we had a Hawkeye that came out this week. Like, God, Cole, I'm so tired of all the news coming through. And it's funny, that when the uh, Immortal X-Men image pubbed, or I'm sorry, not the Immortal X-Men, the Destiny of X image oh, yeah. pubbed, I was literally on my sofa and I was like, hmm, I wonder what I can post about tonight. God, Marvel has been so quiet with their X-Men news. And literally, here we are. I think you I even ask and sh- you shall receive. <laughs> I think what I ended up doing was I ended up posting a video of Ryan Reynolds and Andrew Garfield kissing at the Golden Globes <laughs> yeah. with the you know with a photo of Deadpool and Spider Man because I was like, well, it's a quiet day and I've been meaning to Instagram this. And literally, like twenty minutes later, there, <laughs> there, there is Destiny of X. Yeah, it happened when I was at work. I'm like, I don't have time to read through this. It's a bad time. I know, but man, the that image by um, Lionel Francis Yu and Sunny Go. Oh my god! Oh, it's beautiful. It's I, I will admit I've been loving Mark uh, Mark Brooks's covers, like what he's done with like Hawks Pox, and I think he did one for Ten of Swords and um, the Reign Inferno. of X. I think. Oh, and, and it is Inferno. Yeah, so and, he did Inferno, uh, Hawks Pox, and Ten of Swords. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so I have uh, I love Leno Francis use uh, one too because there's even like new costumes. I, I'm digging Storm's costume in the bottom right corner, and then it's funny how Deadpool is there with the sign that says "Help me." Help me. <laughs> well, it's about time he's on Krakoa. Listen, Deadpool three is coming from Marvel Studios. We know Ryan Reynolds has talked about that endlessly, so they're going to shoehorn Deadpool now into the books. I'm okay with that. Okay I really am. That. Some people are angry about it, but I, you know, speaking of Hawkeye, there's this crossover for Hawkeye and Deadpool that takes place on Halloween, written a long, long time ago, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I have nothing. Is that the one? Deadpool. I think Jerry Duggan actually did that one. Oh, did I he? I don't remember who the creative team was for it. Unless there's an older one, but I think that was just in like the early 2010s. Yeah, it was right around the time uh, Fractions Hawkeye came out. Okay. Yeah, because Duggan did a lot of Deadpool comic. I want to say it was Francis. Francis, I'm sorry. Sorry, Fraction. No, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Let's see. It was uh, Jerry Duggan. Yeah, that was him. And it came out in 2015. Or at least the paperback did. came out in 2015. Because I don't think it's not that old. It's definitely not that old. It was definitely around the Fraction era. Yeah. But with this Destiny X uh, promotional art, we get revealed titles that are still going to be going on next year. Mm-hmm. 
and brand new titles, which I think Destiny of X is finally getting us out of this sort of weird funk. I think the X titles have been in. Oh, you know, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, they were delayed for months because of the pandemic. And I know we all thought like, wow, it it gave them time to regroup. And we got something as incredible as Ten of Swords. But what we've seen now is that it kind of threw a wrench into the larger Hickman era planning. So, well, and everything, I mean, because and then Hickman, I don't know how soon he Hickman like told Marvel and like the team and stuff when he was leaving. And so they, I recently listened to an interview with Hickman on off panel and he was talking about how they have just planned tons and tons of stuff for like the next coming years and everything. Um, and that's what they did during the pandemic and everything. And that's what all their like uh, X Slack and zoom meetings are for. It's called Clermontine. And what they do is just take the philosophy. That was a bit of sass to me, but (laughs) aimed at me. (laughs) Sorry, I'm rejoining society. So maybe my social skills aren't as good. I would never sass you. I would sass you in private. Not when we have company over. Not when we hit record, I'm not going to sass you. You're just like, it's called Claremontine. (laughs) It's called Claremontine. (laughs) Um, No, I said that more because that's all I ever talk about. On on Power of X, I'm like they're Claremont in here, and and we had <laughs> Leah Williams on the on the podcast, and I said Claremont in here. She was like, I've never heard that term before <laughs> my entire life. But Zeb Wells told me about the Claremontine. It may have been Zeb Wells or Jordan D. White, and and it's exactly what you just said. Let me say that again in a nicer way. It's exactly what you said, my <laughs> lovely, beautiful, incredible co-host. Um. And no, it, you're too kind. No. Oh, 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 now, oh, now I'm too kind. <laughs> you hear that, guys? This, this is literally our back and forth all day long. <laughs> um, so, so they they want to plant these seeds and let them grow into fruition, either for current writers or writers later down the road. And the idea is, you have a character coming down a hallway, and you have ten thousand doors behind them, and mm-hmm. you know they're all labeled with something. Those are little Easter eggs for readers and also other writers to come in and and sort of mind that so yeah i but that's been my biggest criticism for for the the hickman era there's too much claremonting there's too much seeds being planted in between the big story beats and i think the books were a little stagnant for a while and i was excited for reign of x i love sword sword was my mm-hmm. favorite title and hellions really took off but a lot of the stories that we got in between these big story beats just felt very small and the world building felt a little flimsy to me. Yeah, everything was totally stagnant. Like I thought Marauders was stagnant as hell. Excalibur's been stagnant as hell. I mean, I would say the only books that really shined during the Reign of X stuff was probably Sword and Hellions, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Hellions was great and it just ended this week as well. That was it. That was it was a great series. But, you know, to to give you some tea, some scoop, I've got it. I, you know, Inferno is not going to be the end of the road for the Hickman era or Hickman himself. I, I'm hearing he will be back in a very big way. And this is a middle of the road story. And, and the conclusion of Inferno will hopefully reflect that it was just middle of the road. Nothing major is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, with the big announcement of him leaving, it's totally a marketing play. I yeah, would say. I, two, three years from now, Hickman returns to finish his X Men story. I mean, imagine that. And by the way, Hickman being absent from the books 
really haven't his X-Men title, his monthly X-Men book, which he said in that EW article, he did not want to write. He just wants to write the big plot stories or Marvel mm-hmm. wanted him to write the big plot stories. It, it, it was just one-offs. That's all it was. It was just more Claremontine. Well, it was to build off how this X-Men era and how this world of Krakoa for this era is basically through it and it saw a lot of through a lot of it through like cyclops eyes and stuff and so like you got to witness what's new what's growing what's the now and what how do they handle situations and how like even like plotting in like a tad bit of like religion in there especially with like uh, x-men number seven and then everything with like um how they are with the world and everything and, and X-Men four and everything. And so that was just the whole point of his main title and stuff. Jerry Duggan's run now is more of the superhero trope, like super team trope. But, but, but even Duggan's run right now, I mean, we're only five issues in something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm not gonna, you know, let's see how it plays out. The only overarching story I see right now, is a Ben Urich one. And, and, and we have Captain Krakoa coming like what next month. So who's yeah. Captain Krakoa? You know, I, and I think most people agree that it's probably Cyclops given most the likely, yeah. image, most likely Cyclops, which is fine. But I did the stories just feel very small in scope, even something like way of X, which spun out of X-Men seven. I wanted, I wanted a little bit more out of it, but it looks like we're going to get a second round here with, with a lot of titles because mm-hmm. they announced, immortal x-men and we we know gary and killian is going to be writing that and uh lucas warnick and it is the artist behind that which is he he's doing trial magneto right now right trial magneto. his art his art is really good i think i mean he's been the shiny moment in that book i think in my opinion yeah i'm also hearing that issue five is going to be a big one for trial of magneto so it better be because everything else has sucked <laughs> i know i know it's 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 been a rough book, but I'm hearing that's where a lot of the change is going to happen for the for the X Men. Oh, be better issue five. Oh my good! Now who's being sassy? I'm sorry. Last issue sucked. I really did not like that issue. Like this entire book is seeming pointless, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I I can't I can't argue with that. But hopefully, the future is going to be bright for Wanda and and Leah Williams. Kind of hinted that she first of all she told us not to get our hopes up that Wanda about Wanda becoming a mutant again. So I think now that that's off Good. the table, I didn't I didn't want that to be a thing either. So oh, we've talked about this before. It's yeah. all coming. It's all coming back to me right now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think the idea is one is going to be a, a, a being that can cross dimensions, time and space. And, you know, she's going to hopefully, the entire point of Trial Magneto is to rehabilitate Wanda within the eyes of the mutants. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's going to have to do something really big in this last issue. So, oh, kind of, yeah. Let's see. Let's see what, what she does. I'm curious to what the page count is, too, because sometimes that can reveal if it's going to be like really big, you know? Yeah, we'll see. We'll, yeah, do service. We'll see. But we also have Marauders coming in, which you've you've already said, and we knew we we knew Steve Orlando was coming because we interviewed him back in August, so we knew he was yeah. coming to the X books. And then it because it, it was all it, it's been announced in the last month or two that he was doing an annual, and so it's not a big shocker that now he's taking over the sort of like new launch of Marauders right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad he's taking over that book. Uh, 
Steve Orlando has become one of my favorite writers in recent years, especially with uh, Commanders in Crisis. And I really love a lot of what he did with Midnighter. And so I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with this team book, because I know he's like a huge like 90s fan when it comes to like comics in general, because I remember when we had him on the show, he talked nothing but 90s comics and it was freaking awesome. <laughs> my God, I just saw the twinkle in your eye as you were remembering that interview. <laughs> <laughs> but it also but, helps the sun shine right into my room too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he has Dakin, he has Aurora, and he has Somnus in mm-hmm. this, this series. And those three are just ripe for the high drama. I'm oh, yeah. so excited for it. Let's see that. I If someone would have told me we were going to get a love triangle with uh, Dakin and Aurora and a new character, I would be like, what? And I'm into this? And yes, I am. I can't wait for it. I love his Marvel Pride issue where Somnus got introduced. And yeah. I think Aurora is a character that needs a lot of TLC in terms of just like plotting because she hasn't been used a lot throughout the years. And, you know, Dakin, Dakin, however you pronounce it, I like, but I, I, I'm ready for more of a humanizing story other than him trying to kill his father or dick over everyone around him. Yeah, well, and I think Leah did a really good job with him in X Factor and to have, and I think having him in Marauders now and having Steve Orlando take over that title, it's going to give a brand new fresh look on not just the title, but the characters involved with it as well. Because it's sort of, it's totally at a weird stagnant right now. Next one is X Force, which I've I've given up on X Force. <laughs> I I it's like it's not bad, but it's not like like exceptionally fantastic mm-hmm. of the titles. Like there's like nothing against Ben Percy or anything, but it's just I mean it's if you like more the like violent, uh, mature themes in comic books, I guess. I do. Yeah, but this doesn't do anything. <laughs> it just, exactly, exactly, and it's, it's just Beast being a dick. I'm not. I'm not here for that. Yeah, basically, yeah. I, you know, X Force in that first launch of Dawn of X books, X Force was probably number two on on my list. I was. Really yeah, it was one of my favorites as well. I mean, I didn't start reading when Dawn of X started, but when I did start catching up during the pandemic, X Force was one of my favorite titles at the time. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was going to be that spiritual successor to something like Rick Remender. Yeah. Uncanny X-Force. But it just kind of went off the rails. And and listen, I have a problem with Corcoan security. I think it sucks. <laughs> and, and this book hasn't sold me on it. But again, here's the thing, though. Well, I think when we talk about these series and these issues, one, just to point out, like the X office knows not every title is for everyone. Yeah. So that, and that's, that's kind of the cool thing, too, though. Yeah. So, so it just because it doesn't jive with you or me or someone else doesn't mean it's not for a certain kind of reader or another type of person. But two, you know, I, I, I've had to rectify my own guilt when it comes to talking about X-Men books in a negative way, just because I don't think the spaces I've wanted to be a part of lend itself to critiquing stuff. There's so much critiquing on the internet. But I think in our defense, these are books that we're very intimate with, and it's not a personal attack against anyone involved on the creative front. You know, obviously, Percy is a great writer. Obviously, the art is beautiful. Obviously, the editors worked hard. Obviously, production, the colorists, everything is tight on those. But I don't really see these as byproducts of someone, someone's art. I see them as actual characters making decisions. Is it, It's so weird. Like, I, I really do think Beast, despite how I feel about the writing or anything that is the actual character. Make, is, is, does that make sense? 
yeah, like yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. Thinking about things. It's more like you're. It's not even like you're talking about someone's hard work when you're talking about the books. You're talking about like a character, like as if like as if they're real, real people, like, like making in, real decisions, real consequences. Because these are people. These are characters you've grown basically grown up with for more than half your life and everything. So yeah, yeah. I totally understand what you're what you're saying. So that's how I kind of rectify being like, yeah, I just can't tolerate seeing these. But I mean, it goes without saying, I think the X office has wonderful writers and artists and colorists and production people. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> um, the next title that they have that they also announced was Knights of X. As of now, there isn't anything, uh, any of the creative team or when that will be launched. So I'm very curious of what that's going to be. It's going to be Excalibur. I could see that actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's Excalibur. It's going to be Excalibur, and it's. I. I'm pretty sure this will be Teeny Howard's book. Okay. Right there. Yeah. And I'm down listen for again. It. Same with the thing with Excalibur. That image they teased in Dawn of X was was wonderful back in the day with with Captain Britain and the team. Excalibur turned out to be a book about mutant magic, and that was something I wasn't expecting. It's a little. I actually really. I actually really liked it. It was not maybe not one of my favorite books, but it when I started it, I was just like, ah, this will be a I'll, I'll just keep on reading because, I mean, I have it on the unlimited. I can do whatever I want. And <laughs> but it did get it did get much better after um, I think more titles were released. But I think once Ten of Swords came out, Agreed. it should it should have just been done. You oh, know? oh, oh, I thought. Yeah. OK, I agree with everything you just said, except that. Yes, I think it should have led to Ten of Swords and been done. And I would have been done with Otherworld. However, since that did not happen, what happened after Ten of Swords in Excalibur, I thought the issues were vastly better than that first couple. Does that well, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like I'm not saying it's not like I'm saying they they're bad. It's bad now, but it's like that weird thing with Marauders where it like I feel like Marauders led up to Hellfire Gala and now they don't know what to do until destiny of X starts and same thing with Excalibur. It built up to tennis swords and then um, they didn't know what to do afterwards. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really, that's a really valid and, and, and really true point. I I didn't even think about Marauders as a book that was just leading to hellfire gala, but that was like their season finale. (laughs) You know, the hellfire (laughs) gala was their event and they were done. Yeah. I, I think originally the idea with these books they were supposed to be designed for just like 12 issue limited runs because it gives the X office the flexibility to relaunch the titles and reintroduce the X-Men in the market. Because we all know how, how people get when uncanny X-Men gets relaunched back to issue one and people get so angry about stuff like that. This was their way of sort of still placating the market, telling us beginning, middle and end with the story, but also having the freedom to editorially explore other options and yeah i i don't know why marauders didn't you know sort of come to a pause after i the only thing i can say is that probably the book did really well and they they knew they were relaunching january i don't know i don't know i mean that's another thing too i mean if sales are doing well with it why cancel it and everything you know yeah well i mean obviously they must be happy with marauders excalibur We'll talk about uh, Way of X and Wolverine and New Mutants because those books are running strong. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at sales since the since the pandemic. I'm curious how they are doing. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, so the next title um, that uh, is continuing is X Men, of course, by Jerry Dugan and um, 
whoever else is drawing it. <laughs> I had a brain fart there for a minute. I was like, who do we think is going to write this? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm done with you. Um, yeah, let's see. I think Captain Krakow. Let's see who Captain... I, I think we're all... Pre- I think the internet has collectively agreed it's Cyclops. Yeah, it's... Nothing's been going on with the X-Men title either, in my opinion, though. I agree. No, they, it, and it's not bad. It's actually I've been liking how it's been focusing on uh, each member of the team and stuff. Uh, I think just last issue was Polaris. The issue before that was Gene, and so it's kind of cool that each issue is focusing on each member of the X Men team. And so hopefully, once we kind of get out of that sort of like little bubble, mm-hmm. we'll start getting more. I don't want to say super complex stories, but stuff that we kind of want from an X-Men book in a sense, you know yeah, what like I mean? Arcs. Like, yeah, I guess so. Everything's just one-offs and stuff. And or then or I, like a flagship title, like a story worthy of a flagship title. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's what's kind of throwing me off. He, listen, I mean, I've been reading the X books since, you know, very long time and, you know, they've always had direction in a significant way. And, you know, I'll cite the Messiah, story where you had messiah complex messiah war second coming and avx i mean that was like almost over 12 years of storytelling and the mm-hmm. x books had a direction there and all the books were gearing towards that in the krakoan age obviously they're in krakoa they've established this mutant nation but it feels like all the books are all over the place and, yeah. and no one's really focused on a goal here and every book sort of creates his own little interpretation of what Krakoa is and I just want a uniformed idea of what Krakoa is so you know I don't know why if they have an island why they're in Manhattan now other than that's where all the superheroes are at fine they have a Krakoan gate they have the treehouse that's that's fine but I don't know there's nothing here in this book just yet that differs it from other X titles and that was my main grievance going into it which is I a at the time of Ten of Swords we didn't know that there wasn't an X-Men team proper. It just wasn't addressed. I think we all assumed if you're on Krokoa, everyone's an X-Man. And also there was a Hickman X-Men book going at the same time. But now what does it mean being an X-Men? How does that elevate you from other teams? And I don't think we've seen it. Okay. The next title was Legion of X, which creative team has not been announced for that either. Um, Who do you think? Size barrier. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's going to be the, the spark the spark at the end of onslaught revelation yeah. they're, they're going for the spark. this is the the what was it the legionnaires Le- legionnaires yeah. yeah i'm forgetting what it was that's going to be this book yeah. which is fine i'm I, looking I like forward Cy- to that too i i love sysperger's work i think he's, yeah. he, he's a really underrated and underrated writer because i loved his um x-men legacy book that he did that originally had legion in it and everything mm. and um way of x was really fun and so i I'm really looking forward to, I, I hope he is writing that title because I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think way of X did not stick its landing. And, you know, I, when I, before we met, I actually did sit down with him and we talked about mutant religion and he said way of X was more about mutant culture. And I thought that was a little bit of missed opportunity given what happened in X-Men. Well, it was a, yeah. And it was like a, I feel like it was a failed marketing ploy too, because that's what they made it seem like. Yeah, exactly. But that being said though, he's a great writer. Oh yeah. 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 I thought he did a great job with it. I'm not crazy about the spark idea, you know, or whatever yeah. the fuck that means. And I know it's the idea of the soul and what happens to your soul after you die, if you're, you're resurrected, but 
you know, let's see. I, I, I have an open heart. Sice Barrier always gets an open heart with me. And I think he's a tight writer. He wrote X-Force a couple of years ago. And, and I thought it was, he did a great job with that. Uh, next title that's continuing is Wolverine. I'm assuming with uh, Ben Percy and everything. So yeah, I wonder if the, the what's it? 10, alive, 10 lives of Wolverine and uh, 10 deaths of Wolverine. I wonder if that'll heavily affect him and everything. And I'm really, I'm really curious of how significant that Wolverine title is going to be. Is it six issues each? or 10 issues each or something like that. And are they going to be released weekly? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that as well. I had heard rumors of a weekly X book and now I'm wondering what is, is 10 lives and 10 deaths. I haven't been paying attention to the news. So if one of you guys at home can uh, correct us or slide into our DMS or <laughs> give us an email, yeah. if, if this is supposed to be a weekly series, but you know, it's a Wolverine. T- I've come to really like Wolverine, and I think Wolverine does well with a lot of readers. So I'm I'm excited for it. Well, I'm it not particularly sense. like, oh my god, I need to read the next issue right now. But well, that's even how I am right now with the current Wolverine title. Oh really? I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of Wolverine. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Hugh Jackman and his movies, but I'm, in the comics, I'm not the biggest fan. Um, of yeah. No. I mean, listen. If it's a book about Laura and you know Wolverine Logan. I'm I'm here for it. Give me Laura Wolverine. Give me Logan Wolverine. I I would love a title with both of them. Well, give me Laura, more Laura. I feel like she's been missing some character for a while. Like yeah, she's I been kind of like... shoved in the background, especially during the X Men title, which is a damn shame because I was really excited for her in that title, and she hasn't done much except just be an angry woman, but without I... any character. <laughs> I, so let's see where it goes with Sync. Obviously, everything that happened with Children of the Vault, I mean, I think we're all excited to see how that's going to play out. Yeah. And, you know, I'm shocked that the X office isn't more aggressive with Laura Wolverine, because if I ever post something about Laura on Power of X-Men, people go nuts. I mean, she is a character that people love. She's one of your favorites, too, right? Yeah. I mean, she's really shined in Tom Taylor's run, only Wolverine, uh, Rico Tamaki, I think is her name. I mean, her X-23 title wasn't too bad either. and I know those were all hits, so I'm so yeah. I'm really surprised they aren't uh, pushing for her more. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. So next one is New Mutants, and I thank, think thank God, you, dude. Yeah, Vita Ayala's book, their book is so good. It's such a good book. They are a great writer. I hope Rod Rice stays on the book. Rod oh my, just that, gives it it's so good. a feel. He gives it a feel. last it issue. Oh, that know. came out last week. Holy crap. Oh, no, it's so good. Each page I mean, blew me away. It's so nice to have him on like for a full issue. It was so great. We should we should get Rod on, on the podcast. I had him on Power of X-Men. He's Brazilian, so smart, so mm-hmm. dedicated to the pages. So you're like, I spent 30 days drawing wow. this book. I mean, he is dedicated. And, well, you can you tell know, it shows in his work. And it's, it's I, so good. I wish he had done the Hellfire Gala, but I, I, I get it. Scheduling, production, it just, it, it wouldn't have aligned with his, with, with, with timing because he has to draw these beautiful pages. Mm-hmm. I just, I hope Rod comes back. In fact, I would love Rod on a main X-Men title, to be honest with you. It Not to take him. it away from anyone else, but I just think he has that vibe, that 80s, like, oh, yeah. punk vibe. But it makes sense why he's on New Mutants, because he totally has the Bill Sikiewicz that's his inspiration. That's oh, yeah. His inspiration. No doubt about it. 
All right. And the last title that was announced was X-Men Red. X-Men Run, which is not going to be a Tom Taylor book because Tom tweeted saying, it's not me. Wish I was on it. Can we get a hardcover well, <laughs> release of the first 12 issues? Well, he just got an exclusive deal with DC just recently. Oh, that's right. That's which, right. congrats to him. I mean, he's killing it at DC with Nightwing. Dark Knight to Steel is doing great. Superman, Son of kal is also spectacular. So, oh, I mean, my God. it's I obviously read Superman, Son of Kal-El. It was so good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good. it's. So good. I, I'm really loving that title. I, I got my brother reading it, and he's loving it as well. Tom Taylor, just you. When we first met, you you recommended Tom Taylor's Spider Man, uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man. Yeah, and his uh, 14 issue run. I think it was 14. And I think yeah. I read the first six or seven issues. Mm-hmm. My God, it was so good. I mean, oh Tom yeah, Taylor, just everything he touches. He's one of those writers that just everything he touches, he does well. He's one of the few that gets every character. Like yeah. he knows how to write great character beats, great conversation moments, and great emotional plus hilarious moments at the same time. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. I think given Storm's red X logo on uh, on this, it's going to be the Mars book. I think it's going to be a yeah Mama on Araco. Yeah, and so I think this is going to be the sequel to Sword. I really and, hope so. I because yeah. with Sword, I didn't know Sword was ending with issue eleven. And so I I need Al Ewing on a book, man. He's not doing anything right now, actually, because Guardians just ended, Swords ending soon, Immortal Hulk ended a month or two a month ago, I think. And so he doesn't really have a title out right now. And so yeah. please keep him in the please Al Ewing. Keep him in the X-Men. I love I love I love Al Ewing. He, I think he's like my favorite writer. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think he's incredible. Let's see him. Let's see him back on X-Men. If we can't have Tom Taylor, I will definitely take Al Ewing. And, you know, I, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with that. Yeah, so overall with the image, listen, you got Madeline Pryor, you got Destiny, <laughs> you got Jean. I, I, you have Emma in her new X-Men outfit, which I know a lot of people are like the return of the diaper. I love Emma Frost in that Frank Whiteley look, 100%. You got Richter, you got Sink, you got Bay, you got Shatterstar in his old X-Force outfit. I'm sold with this title, I mean, with this new uh, era. So bring it. I think it's what we've been we've been needing. Uh, And I think they're going to they're going to really deliver on what was promised when Hawksbox was released and not saying Dawn of X was bad. But like it's it felt like Dawn of X kind of just stayed in that first act for so long. And then they got effed over by the pandemic and everything. And so it's just been at this weird this just this weird placement the whole time of uh, just try and get some really good, decent issues out so we can prolong until we come out with this really cool uh, new plan and everything. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to yeah. be fun. Reading good. Reading good. <laughs> Destiny of X, starring Irene fucking Adler. Excited for it. <laughs> so every week we've been reviewing, well, if it does come out each week, we've been reviewing an issue of Spider Man that is currently in the Beyond era because I've gotten Paul to start reading Spider Man. Oh my god, Colo, you have me addicted to Spider-Man, Spider-Man titles. And I mean, you know how I feel. You know what I'm always bugging you behind the scenes about. That's how much I'm loving Spider-Man right now. It's great. I'm loving the Beyond stuff. And even the Dot Beyond uh tie-in issues are really fun. And this issue written by Cody Ziegler with art by 
Ivan Fiorelli, Carlos Gomez, and Paco Medina is a really good issue because the hottest couple of the century is back. And it's so funny. I was just watching Spider-Man 2 the other night, and he obviously Doc uh, kidnaps Aunt May in, in the bank there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the homages to that scene, right, you know, in, in, in this issue, they... Dude, Otto is macking on Aunt May. He's not Holy even. Shit, man. He's, he's like your beauty. And Aunt May's like, God, I'm so glad you still have an air of gentleman around you. I'm like, just, just guys, just get together. He, yeah, Ziggler, he does such an amazing job of keeping their conversation between these two going. I mean, it might be tons of dialogue, but that didn't bother me at all. Like, yeah. I loved every single word that was delivered from both these characters. I mean, they're, I loved how they were kind of like fighting each other with words and stuff, but it was like oddly flirtatious, but not in like a disgusting way, I thought. So I did, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I so I'm I, I don't know too much about their history, their romantic history. Obviously, I've seen the famous cover of them getting married and all that jazz that's a but i'm like crazy issue did you know that at the end of that issue a nuclear bomb goes off <laughs> of course it does why wouldn't it and why does a nuclear bomb go off and i think spider-man and aunt may escape via helicopter <laughs> of course short 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 okay short yes but the bad i think doc Ock is on that island that blows up by a nuclear bomb it's just it's a fucking nuts it i love comics I, they have such chemistry here. Oh yeah, man. I mean, it's exactly what you just said. Like they keep the conversation going They're you know, they got that witty dialogue and, you know, I think this shows, and this is something I talked about in grad school when we were talking about motherhood and we were reading the book. Oh my God. The, the mice of Nim. Of mice of men. No, not of my cement. Oh, because that uh-huh. totally just sounded like he said that just with all the words put into one. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the 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 mice of Nim N I M H. Okay. <laughs> um, um, but we were talking about that. I may I I think I'm just getting it wrong. I I, I think I got the the name of the title book wrong. But it was about a mother who went out to go defend her her children. Right. I mean, she was she well, was a rodent in the book. And I argued in my class that motherhood does not need to be a passive act. It can actually be a very active mm-hmm. act. And I think here we see that with Aunt May, where, yeah, she doesn't have superpowers. Yeah, she's Aunt May, but she's strong. She knows what she has to do and she fights in her own way. It's great. And I think Ziggler did a great job in showing how Aunt May's charm and like good manners um, can really push forward into what she wants not in a bad way and stuff and like aunt may is resourceful in this book i think and while doc ock is like the total opposite in this book where he's just brutal and willing to break every damn door or wall to advance in the mission or what he's plotted out to do yeah i agree and i think that's it's it's a nice dichotomy between the characters and I think Aunt May knows where she's at. She has that Ben quality to her, especially at the, I don't want to fast forward through anything else you want, you wanted to discuss, but you know, that, that scene where at the end where she's here, like you're, you're doing the wrong thing. I'm sorry. And she like walks out mm-hmm. and, you know, 
she finds out that he actually came through in the end and, and, you know, delivered all of that insert science jargon data to, yeah. to the hospital to, to treat Peter. What I found funny is like, we just found someone gave this unanimously of just some weird toxic stuff. And we we're, and it just happened. We just tried it on your, uh, your nephew and it, he's okay now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I listen, people in the Marvel universe are so fucking dumb. It's, have you seen free guy with Ryan Reynolds? Sadly, no, I haven't yet. Okay. It's it's all about the NPCs in a world like this. And this is how I just picture any <laughs> default background character in the Marvel universe. They're just dumb people. They they know they're servicing a plot. But yeah, I was like, okay, so these anonymous samples arrived and you're just going to be like, oh, okay, great. Let's put this on our patient. And Aunt May, does Aunt May know that he's Spider-Man? Obviously not, right? As of, as of now, it has not been set out that she knows. I like it when she does know, but doesn't say anything. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I and who knows? I mean, she probably does know without like saying anything to Peter, because that's happened quite a bit in the comics, I think. And, and, but the reason why I asked is because in this, I didn't really get the impression. I got the impression at first that she knew. Mm-hmm. But then it, it, it the almost feels con- like she does in this. But then issue. as the story continues, I go, oh, no, she doesn't. And it was the same thing when I was watching Spider-Man 2. Um, when 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 Aunt May is talking to him, I'm like, oh, she knows that Peter is Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. but then literally the next scene, she's just like, Spider-Man, he's an awful human being. I was wrong about him, or something like that. I was like, oh my god, you really don't know. <laughs> like you're not <laughs> in on the joke. I want Aunt May in on it. And yeah. I want her to be like, yeah, Peter's trying to defend me, but I I'm his aunt. I'm full of wisdom for a reason. I can see the forest for the trees. But I, you know, I agree with you about the that ending. With 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 the with the samples being delivered, but I thought it was cute. Emma walks in, she's here like, I'm not gonna be don't be surprised. She goes, oh, gasp, you know, and, and yeah. Peter was up and running. Well, so. it's crazy now that they kind of did this in a tie-in issue to the main uh Spider-Man story right now that they that Peter's basically out of his coma now. So I'm really curious of how that's gonna affect the main title right now with and, Ben running around as Spider-Man with the Beyond Corporation and whatnot. And, well, especially uh, now, Beyond is going to be going after Miles now in the next yeah. issue. Yeah, we got Miles uh, in play. We have Doc Ock in play, and now we have the OG Spider-Man back in in, in play. So, yeah, so I'm yeah, really curious. It's a big story. Yeah, I mean, this ending left me wanting more. Like, give me more. Give me more yeah. Beyond. This is a solid, solid crossover, solid event. I'm very happy with Spider-Man Beyond. And had we not met, I wouldn't be reading it. So, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if issue 81 is coming out next week or not. I haven't checked the, my poll list for next week, but I'm excited for next issue because Saladin Ahmed is going to be doing uh, the next issue, of course, because it's uh, Miles is coming in. So I'm curious of how Beyond is going to approach Miles with this whole thing, because in one of the last issues of Spider-Man Miles Morales, um, Beyond Corporation came to him basically saying, oh, you can't be Spider-Man anymore. So I'm curious of how everything's going to be going out. Because of intellectual property. <laughs> basically, yeah. But I love also like the positioning everyone in the Spider universe is at right now. So let's, yeah. has Spider-Gwen been wrapped into this this madness? As of now, no. All is I know she, is, is her is Gwenverse she, thing is going to be coming out in a couple of months. Is she still... 
in another universe and she can just like cross over when she wants to or is she in the 616 i don't know i haven't following spider gwen at all like because i think she was in the last remain story arc with like the the spider team uh during spencer's run i don't i haven't been paying attention to her at all so uh don't ask me yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where everything's going to go. Obviously, you know, our boy Peter Parker can't handle a hug from Aunt May. You know, you're in trouble if Aunt May is squeezing you too hard. And you're like, please stop, Aunt May. So <laughs> let's see what, what, what the future holds. But I'm excited for next issue, much like you. Yes. All right. Up next, something else amazing came out this week, and it was Hawkeye episode number four. Oh, my God, Cole. It is such a good series. Such a good series. I love this episode because it is the total opposite of what episode three is. Episode three is full of action-packed, fun car scenes with uh, trick arrows. Episode four literally just dials everything down back to one. And it shows how the MCU can be so effective with these quieter moments that are included. Like They may be small, but these quiet quiet moments have such a big effect on these characters and scenes and what's to come the next couple of episodes. I don't even know where to go with, with my feels and my, my thoughts here, because everything in this episode, I love this represents everything I love, not only about the comic, but also the show as well. And I don't, I know we're going to do a ranking of everything that came out, but uh, this year for the MCU, this is easily going to be in my top because oh, me episode, too, me too. It's just so much fun. I mean, you have the scene uh, with Eleanor and and Kate and and Clint at the at the at the Bishop Manor. Then you have you know them celebrating the holidays together. And then you have them at Maya's apartment and the big reveal. I just don't know where to begin. In fact, I I was so entranced with this episode when it finished i just stayed looking at the credits waiting for an after credit scene i organically thought and i haven't done that in a while especially Mm -hmm. with the first three episodes i thought there would be an after credit scene yeah because like it felt like all of a sudden this episode was done because it's one of the shorter it's only 40 minutes and then we add credits and i mean it's only basically 35 those credits are like six minutes long yeah that's how it's been for each show too which i thought was kind of funny i haven't noticed until this episode because i'm like okay where's that after credit scene (laughs) i'm literally like the bart and lisa in front of the tv watching itchy and scratchy i'm like okay but where is this post-credit scene what i love like how i mentioned before about this episode is the quieter moments i loved the opening scene with this with jack eleanor kate no actually i love the part with jack eleanor and kate because she kate is seeing that her mother is actually really happy with jack and so this mission that she has i mean it's it's almost like a burden like in order to complete the mission she has in order to reveal who jack is and how he's not really the guy he says he is he she has to hurt her mother in the process and so you can just see her like I mean, during, during that sort of like almost like touching family scene and stuff like that was the first time like we actually sort of saw that makes the heart grow older. Yeah. (laughs) But like they all laugh together as if they were a family. It's a really sweet moment, which will probably help pay off like the last episode or two of 
with Jack's like whole plan or his whole like behind the scenes actions ends up getting revealed and everything. Like it'll just be more gut wrenching. Well, that scene worked in my opinion because I think Kate as a character realizes that Jack isn't the bad guy. Now, mm-hmm. He may have some shady stuff surrounding him and we have lots of questions and he mm-hmm. certainly is duplicitous, but I don't think he's going to be the main villain or a bad guy. I think it's Eleanor. I think. And it probably think, is because she had Eleanor's a phone behind call him. right before that scene. She did after, dude, the way she was telling Hawkeye, like a back off from my daughter. I mean, Vera Farmiga for me you don't cast her just to be the overprotective mom, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, or, or make her modern by making her head of a company. No, she is Madame Mask. She's someone big. She is orchestrating everything that's happening. She killed, oh my God, I'm forgetting their names. What's number seven? Seventh in the family. The, the, oh, the, the, oh, the, oh, 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 oh my God. There's too many of them. I can't think. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, what's his name? What's his name? IMDb, don't fail me. Don't fail me, IMDb. Armand. There we go. Armand. Like, literally. And she was the one who killed Armand. She is orchestrating everything in the series she's going to be madam mask or someone oh, oh, i don't know if i see her, her being madam mask but you don't see her just whipping out a mask and putting it on her face no not necessarily i don't, I don't like a that. modern madam mask i mean that could work too i mean if she does end up being madam mask and having that golden mask on her face i'm all for it i mean she's got I'm the eyes for it. for it she's got the eyes for it oh yeah oh yeah dude that'd be so oh now that i'm thinking about it i want that now she has a presence. I mean, she, told, I, she really, really does. Yeah. Have you seen her in The Conjuring? Oh, I love The Conjuring. Yeah. I yeah. love The Conjuring movie. She's great in it. And in Bates Motel, Bates she, Motel was, yeah. she was Norma. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, she killed it. I've loved her since all of that stuff. So, her being part of the MCU. And we know she's versatile in terms of she can do TV and she can carry a movie franchise. I'm not <laughs> saying she's going to have her own movie, but she can translate well onto the big screen. And I'm sure that's why she was hired. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And of course, her presence and her acting abilities. I mean, she's flawless right now in this show. I mean, she just gives off that sort of cynical vibe. And just I, I, the line that she says to Clint before he gets on the elevator to leave their manor, manor and stuff, she says, being good isn't always good enough to keep you alive. When referring to Natasha and those words haunt Clint like the whole the rest of the episode. Like you she, could just see it on him. She came for blood. Mm-hmm. By the way, when she's here, like, yeah, like Natasha Romanoff, I was like, oh, my God, Mama Bates went there. <laughs> you oh, know yeah, I mean? yeah. She went there and it was just so I agree. The delivery was beautiful. And I think what they're trying to do, I think the main theme here is, especially with Kate, like there's this like a line between being a vigilante and, and a superhero. And I think Mama Bates, you know, Eleanor Bishop, I'm going to call her Eleanor Bishop. <laughs> We all know what you're talking about. (laughs) We, she has, she mentioned this, you know, earlier. She said, as someone who's not been rich and young, you know, take it, you're not invincible when she says that. So we can assume she comes from humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you know, I think she's had to do a lot of questionable things to get where she's at to protect her family, not unlike her daughter. So I think they're going to find themselves 
with all the great intentions, but at opposing forces. Like what if Eleanor is probably like, uh, what's the right word? Not catfish, but like using Jack's identity, maybe. Oh, oh my God. I was about to say, I wonder how she was doing that then. And that's perfect. Yeah. She's probably, she's probably like opened a corporation or whatever under his name and, and claimed him that. Yeah. Score I mean, one for Cole. <laughs> <laughs> score many for Cole. I feel like you're always right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, we've had, a, we've so far in the, in our episode today, I mean, we've shared, we've put a lot of focus on Eleanor, but I think this also Sorry. has a, no, 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 no. You're <laughs> fine. I mean, cause, and then we also have a lot of focus on Clint as well. Like, I feel like he's like the first character we've really seen the after effects with the blimp, I mean, of course, he had Spider-Man Far From Home and Peter was mourning Tony and having difficulty with that. But I feel like we didn't necessarily see it with Falcon Winter Soldier. And then I guess Wanda, we saw it uh, because Vision was gone. But like with Clint, he lost his family and Natasha. I mean, of course, his family came back and everything, but Natasha was gone for permanently. But we're seeing how this is still haunting him to this day, like even just like uh I mean, his Ronin and everything. Here's a question I have for Clint. If I could sit, sit Clint down and ask him a question, can I ask him, is being an Avenger worth it? Because that's all I'm seeing from him in this is how human he is, right? Thor, Captain America, Captain Marvel, even Wanda, they, they can take those beatings and they don't need to ice themselves at the end of the day. They don't need to, you know protect their families so aggressively because he's just human. They're mm-hmm. not losing. I mean, being an Avenger has taken a physical, spiritual, and mental toll on Clint. And I think that is the examination we're getting for him in this well, in the series. Well, especially just within this episode and stuff, when he takes out his hearing aid before he uh, goes, like that quiet moment he has, like right when he takes that hearing aid, I mean, he hears nothing, but he sees everything he's done. I was gonna I, so oh, same analogy. I had I had written down like even without his hearing aid, he can still hear so much. He's still reliving all that sound, that trauma, everything. Mm-hmm. That that yeah, he he can't disconnect. I think the idea is he can't disconnect. Even when he disconnects his hearing aid, he's still connected to so much of the trauma that comes with being an Avenger. And yeah, I mean, his family came back, but you're playing with your daughter and you're teaching her your trade and then you turn around, she's gone. And then, oops, your other children are gone and the love of your life is gone, which (gasps) I have so many theories right now about who um, Laura actually is. I think Laura is going to be Mockingbird. I I think Laura- Really? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Because I think the Rolex is somehow hers and mm-hmm. it's going to give out her identity. Well, she started speaking German all the time. She sudden. started speaking German and <laughs> she, she has resources on how to like get things better than Kate who, you know, is Bishop security and all that stuff. Like Clint didn't go to Kate for that. She, he went to, to he texted Laura. his, he texted his wife saying, Hey, yeah. look this up for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think shit went down when she was active. And she is actually like, do you think, yeah, like, do you think they work together and everything? Yeah. Like shield and stuff. 
Yeah. And I think she's a witness protected program person or she, she got pregnant and she wanted to get off the grid, you know, whatever. Like, and probably totally took a whole other identity. Yeah, exactly. Because, because of, you know, superheroes and having that, because I, I don't think, I think it's very antiquated storytelling to have the wife at home taking care of the kids. Yeah. And I, don't I like think, that, honestly, and I, and I think, um, Linda Cardellini is so hot right now. I mean, in terms of, you know, her career and in general, she's great. <laughs> in general, in she's, beautiful. she's yeah. a gorgeous, gorgeous. She looks like a superhero. She has a great career. If I have Kevin Feige and I'd be like, yeah, the fans were really pissed off that they gave Hawkeye a family in age of Ultron. When we had mockingbird over in shields, agents of shield, let's just give an official mockingbird. Now I think agents of shield, I know it's supposed to be Canon. Mm-hmm. I think they've largely ignored it. So, you know, well, and maybe it's just they'll like continue the, ignoring it and this will be nebulous, but. Well, I feel like now, especially with the Disney plus shows, now everything is totally connected. I mean, because yeah, I no feel like now, well, they're not going to pay. I feel like they're not going to pay. T- I mean, there'll probably be eventually a time where we see runaways get their own Disney plus show or cloak and dagger or, or yeah. even like the Netflix shows. I mean, who knows? Maybe Daredevil will start getting his own series with Charlie Cox coming back in. He's confirmed. Can I know. Isn't it's it's confirmed. Oh, I'm so excited. Freaking great. I love Daredevil. Well, we're so, Oh my God, that was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I think, I mean, Fisk is supposed to be in this, as we've discussed. Endlessly. Oh, yeah. I mean, if not, the last episode's got to be next episode or something. They have two episodes left to wrap up a lot of Which plot I, and introduce. I'm, so, I'm so, so worried about that because they brought in Yelena, too, at the end of this episode. I don't want to put on clown makeup, Cole. I don't want to put on clown makeup. But they're giving us so much to put clown makeup. They're giving us the tools to put on clown makeup. I think I think we have to see Fisk. If they don't do Fisk, it's going to be such a misfire. Or they have to give, give us a, like a really big new character or something like that. I think that's something that well, WandaVision if, did not stick the landing for. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, if they do that, they're just, they just love teasing the fuck out of us, you know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I can't listen. The astrophysicist in WandaVision turned out to be essentially no one. And yeah. that was a huge letdown. If I was hoping it that, would have been Blue Marvel. That's what I was Blue hoping Blue Marvel, for. Reed Richards, who the fuck cares who it what, who would be at the end of the day? Just make it someone. You know, don't tease two episodes in astrophysicist. And then yeah. like you, know, you don't like, like, oh, make it such a prominent thing. Like, yeah, I know an astrophysicist. Exactly. Like usually that could to. be just like a throwaway line going like i know an astrophysicist but they like have like they were pointed right at monica rambo like as a camera shot to make it seem like it was much more important than it turned out to be and she delivered the line so beautifully so how could you not believe exactly believe it was something larger but so in the same regard uncle needs to be someone big It, it better not be you know a character we've seen it better not be her dad you know what i mean like I, I, I just, I can't, I can't have it be that or, or, or not Jack either. You know, if it's Jack or her dad, I'm going to be significantly. Oof, if it's Jack, oof. I'm, I'm just going to be so, it's got to be Fisk. It's Maya Lopez's uncle has to be, has to be Fisk. That's it. Boom. It has to be a done deal. Oh, well, well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't Sorry. know if you've so turned us into a clown show. So. We're not a clown show because I mean, Maya Lopez, I don't know if you've read her debut in the Daredevil comics, but she plays it. I mean, Kingpin plays a huge role within Echo, within Maya Lopez's life. I mean, Kingpin tells her that Daredevil is the one that murdered her father. 
And so who knows if Bronin was the actual one who killed or what? No, I'm just saying, like, what if it's Matt Murdock in the Ronin outfit? Okay, that's a that's a little much. <laughs> I love your face right now. You're like, just stop talking, please. <laughs> We're just gonna ignore that one, people. <laughs> Sorry, I stand by my convictions. I don't believe it was Clint who murdered her dad. How about that? That's where at the core of it, I don't believe it was Clint. I don't know. I could still see it being Clint because him being Bronin, I mean, it haunts him to this day, though. Okay. I mean, because no. when he took off his hearing aid, I mean, he had like those little flashbacks of him murdering people by in a car or something like that. <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm going to kill these people in the car. Well, <laughs> it was broody and dark and during the moment. Yeah. So it was it was very dramatic. So it wasn't do, 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 do. <laughs> I get it. No, I get you. And I. Let's see where it goes. I I think here's the thing. This is this is a part where with fandom that people just run wild with. I think they've planted a lot here. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see it come to fruition. I will tell you though, I was so thrown off to see Yelena so fast, you know, and and I did not know that was the mask from the comic books. I didn't know that was either signature look until after the fact. I didn't know that. I don't know yeah. much about them. And I still haven't seen the Black Widow movie. <laughs> so she does not have that in the Black Widow movie. But the, I saw it and I literally was like, Electra, it's Electra. Electra's wearing a mask. You're so. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah, let's be a clown show. I mean, the stuff we're saying isn't too bad. You're going over the top. Listen, but I listen, I got it. I was like, oh, I guess that, that has to be Yelena. I mean, they're they're giving us Yelena because I was, that was Yelena to come in at the end. And that was that was my first guess. I mean, yeah. right when we saw her, I was just like, Yeah, Elena. Yeah. I, like I, when I, they revealed her, I wasn't I wasn't like <gasps> I was just like, Yeah, I kind of Yeah, once she started doing her more elaborate moves, I was like, Okay, yeah. Well, especially with that electric shock she did on Maya. Yeah, and and it was red, and I was like, oh, okay, there we go. But one thing I was worried about once the initial shock of seeing this character and thinking it was Electra wore off, I was like, oh, man, they're going to drag this out because there was no way Florence Pugh signed up for more than one episode, but she fucking did. And we got she- the reveal that it was Yelena right there. It was perfect. Boom. It doesn't look like Clint knows who she is, even after the – I don't think – He knows never she's – well, he never said, but – he knew it was a black know. widow, but does she does he know that's Natasha's sister? He possi- possibly. I mean, maybe it's like one of those things where he says, I recognize those moves or something like that, you know? Or yeah. kind of like the same finding stance, or you kind of look like her in a sense, or like yeah. just just one of those things that fighters have. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure look, listen, I'm sure it's gonna come into light, but I don't I don't I don't know if he initially recognized her. I'm trying to remember the Black Widow movie. I think she referred Man, to so forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's certain nuances where we can pick things apart. I just don't remember, but there is a scene with Natasha and Yelena, and I can't remember if Clint was brought up. But obviously she knows. Yelena knows. Well, there's that after credit scene, correct? Yeah. 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 So but but I mean, in terms of if they met when they were in Budapest. If 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 Clint oh had, that I don't know if they had well, known each other before. she probably doesn't know anything of Clint because I think she is going after Clint because she thinks he had a deal in with her death. And, and she would she if she knew about Clint, she would know that would never have been the case that Natasha yeah. and him were very tight. And similarly, I don't think he knows that's Scarjo's um sister 
because she was so off the grid with her family in the Black Widow movie. Okay. So, so, so I don't think, I don't think anyone's met. I don't think they know the connection just yet. Well, do you think, well, where is this? Well, I think of, it will come out. Well, where do you think this is sort of hinting at though? I mean, do you, cause I would, I'm thinking like, what's her name? Uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus's character. Valeria. Valentina. Valentina. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember it, but like she of course sent Yelena after Clint, you think, or just kind of no. put that. What's the end hint- game here? Yeah, exactly. Like, is this like a more of a hint to like that Dark Avengers thing that was hinting in or Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts or anything? I, I would love to see uh, maybe yeah. not Dark Avengers, but Thunderbolts would be pretty cool. I think Thunderbolts, I, I think in the same way that the Young Avengers have been assembling, I think the Thunderbolts, Dark Avengers, wh- whatever it is, um, have been assembling. I was, I told someone like, yeah, Young Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts, you know, same diff. They're like, no. And they proceeded to tell me the differences between Dark Avengers. Oh, there's, and there's a huge difference. Yeah. There's a huge difference, of course. But what I'm saying, for the sake of the MCU, anti-Avengers assembly. I much know. prefer Thunderbolts, though. Yeah, I, I prefer Thunderbolts. I think that's a much better title than Dark Avengers. You know, yeah. I think that's a little too cheesy. But that being said, though, I listen, it was a great episode and so much was planted here. I'm excited. Oh, I plus, do. don't forget about the loving, uh, nice scenes with uh, Clinton, uh, Kate, sa- with Kate saving Christmas with them watching one of the best movies ever. It's a and, wonderful life. And it showed that like Kate, you know, still needs training, which is something we've been talking about. And that, and that Clint had to learn how to do all these things himself, that it does, they, they don't have these superpowers that were just handed to them and they had to learn how to manage the powers. They had to mm-hmm. develop skill for well, themselves yeah. and, 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 and working within the limitations. And, and that scene with her throwing the quarter dime, whatever, it was just very beautiful. It was. And I think it's still showing how Kate even though like she can hold her own, she's still, she's really blinded by the fact that she's basically living her childhood dream of fighting alongside Hawkeye. Yeah. And so we even see, yeah. And we even see that in the final fight scene near the end of the episode where she kind of just, she doesn't understand the consequences behind her actions. Like she's still really young. Yeah. And also she's very tenacious. Mm -hmm. And first of all, okay. When she was, uh, coming back to the rooftop when she was like sliding down and she just stopped there. I laughed so hard. I mean, Haley Steinfeld, she's just, she's delivering she's, it so well. She's delivering it. She, I, I want, I want her to do everything. I want her I, everywhere in the MCU. Yeah. She has such a charm that like is unforgettable. But I feel like even, you know, Maya Lopez and Clint Barton, like I feel like all of them are just delivering such charismatic performances and yeah i mean they they managed to give us like a 10 minute origin story for echo a, an emotional 10 minute yeah. origin story and it freaking worked it worked so well and they finally gave hawkeye a interesting just made him an interesting character in the con uh, in the movie or in the tv show yeah and, and and again like just to go back on this idea of it's this gulliver's travel perspective of the undying human spirit you see it with maya you see it with clint and what i was trying to get out with with kate was you know she she gets stuck 
sliding down and she has to haphazardly fall onto the rooftop. And then she falls again in the same way that Natasha fell. And this time Clint lets go. And he, you know, he's like, I'm not putting you in any more danger. She falls on the lights. She falls on the ground. And then she has to go through the front door. God, she landed on the lights. Did he think she was going (laughs) to land on them? I think he, but still that is like, I don't know if lights and wires work like that. I know. That. I wouldn't. I would have. I would have let her go down a little bit more. I well, yeah. I was I just like that's I been pretty nice. far. <laughs> yeah. But but what I loved about it is that Kate has to not only fight to hone her skills, but to also fight to become a superhero. She's like, nope. I'm going straight through the front door again, and I'm climbing those stairs, and I'm going back to the rooftop, and I'm going to go fight. She has this no-quitting attitude that I admire. and I love that. And I love that. And I think, you know, again, it's the undying human spirit in in all of these characters. And I think, you know, Hawkeye is emblematic of, of that. So... 10, 10 out of 10 for this episode. I don't know what yeah, else to same say. Here. I love it. I, love I mean, it. this show is getting, much, it's getting better and better and better each episode. So I'm, I'm really looking forward for next Wednesday. I guess that wraps up for today's episode of Masters of Comic Books. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. This was, this was great. I mean, I have full of energy. Paul has all this energy. I mean, I feel like the last couple episodes have just been really like toned down. I think. <laughs> well, I had COVID. So. Yeah, you you had COVID last week. You had COVID last week. I got the booster shot the week before that, and so I was kind of zoned out during that one. And so now we're finally like we were a pathetic bunch. Well, now we're energized and ready to kick ass. Yeah. No. It's and also you know end of the year, man. You got you got everything going on with school. Mm-hmm. Presumably, I had a lot of gigs until I had to pull out of them. But I have a lot of gigs this weekend. Yeah, you got a lot of. I mean, what it, like three or something within this yeah. weekend? I'm going to that's Miami on uh on Saturday. I'm excited. Hey, that's awesome though. I know. I know. I it, everything is great. I I can't wait for the end of the year, but. Um, no, man, end of the year, that stuff works, but I love talking about everything with you. And I love everyone in the masters of comic books community. The, the discord is, is always blowing you said up. It my correct. Face. Did I say I was looking at you? Did you see me? I was like, shit, it's discourse. No, it's discourse. when you're saying just, you're just like discord. <laughs> discord. <laughs> I'm like, you, you got to tell me, God, it's so funny. Um, just for a quick sidebar here, and just like that, which is the Sex and the City sequel, premiered last night, and yeah. it showed them trying to navigate today's world. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I could be empathetic <laughs> on some of the the hurdles they they. they <laughs> I mean, they're a different generation though, and they're like, oh, what's a podcast, you know? Yeah. And oh, I had to put this for my Instagram. I'm like, I'm mm, not that bad, but yeah, with <laughs> Discord, I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do here. When I tried to set it up, I it's the first time in our friendship that I felt you were probably a little frustrated. Okay. Well, I was with like how inept I could have been. I didn't well, I was like, hey, do you want to start a Discord? And you're just like, Yeah, I'll start it up right now. I was like, What? I didn't mean st- I was just asking a question. I thought you wanted I thought you wanted me to to help set it up. Well, we are like, partners. We 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 code <laughs> things together. Well, you could have told me you weren't fluent in it <laughs> well but then you would think i'm like a dweeb so not at all i was like i would have taken the fourth one of it said dweeb 
Yes, I see it. I, I heard. I listened. And, I listened and you're like, please make me the manager or the host. <laughs> well, and you're like, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, know. I totally, we're just keep on digging ourselves a bigger hole. <laughs> I'm like, I want to. I don't want to hold on to the discourse here. Discord. <laughs> Discord. And it was fun. But no, the, the Discord is a lot of fun. I don't participate in it, but I read it. I read Honestly, it. that's where I've been getting a lot of my news from is there instead of the internet. Because I'm very... Especially this past week, I've I've just been so busy with school and trying to keep up with providing content for um, masters and everything. But I mean, it's rewarding. I love it, and I love everyone who's participating. And yeah, I love I love all doing this, man. Especially talking with you. Pretty awesome. Yes, you are. <laughs> and then along with my awesomeness, I mean, you get two of that here. And so, if you want more of Masters of Comp Books, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and please continue to listen to us each week. Every Monday is when a new episode is released. And if you would like to follow us, please follow us on Instagram at Masters of Comp Books, or if you would like to email us, you could email us at masterscompbooks at gmail.com Plus. I'm on Instagram at ColeDaniel99. And Paul, what is your following stuff and where can people connect with you? Well, I'm at Power of X-Men on Instagram. That's predominantly where I do all of the, the socials. I am I am dabbling on the on the Twitter. So go Twitter. <laughs> and I do whatever one does on Twitter. And I, you know what? I think I'm getting kind of good at it. I'm trying to hit, you know, a certain goal there. So let's see if I can do it. I I did a BuzzFeed quiz for X-Men. That was, I didn't get a chance. I did get a chance to do the quiz, but I didn't get a chance to tell you congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. And it's and it's doing really well. And I've gotten a lot. I mean, I, I, I'm never one to be like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed with DMs. But the, the, the DMs have been overwhelming. So, you know, please go check it out. It's, That's because um, you've been you've been really successful lately, especially season two of Age of Apocalypse for you guys just recently came out. And so I'm, I'm really happy for a lot of the stuff you're going on. Thank you. Yeah, it's you know, it, it's a lot of hard. I mean, you know, how it is. it's a lot of hard work and Rome oh, yeah. is not built in a day. And it's so much hustling and on the back end with the discourse and everything. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but. It's yeah, I still don't know how to work with social media. I, I just find a cool comic book panel and post it. <laughs> I think you do such a great job. Guys at home, it's it's Cole who runs all of our social media for Masters of Comic Books. If you see a post with too many hashtags, that's a good indication that it's me. But all the other... I don't know. Natural... I kind of do overdo it sometimes, too. <laughs> well, the more natural, non-X-Men-y posts, are, are, which is like 95% Honestly, yeah. is all you. Anything you that's not so X-Men well. is me. <laughs> and you do it so well, and you have such a really wonderful voice, so... Thank you. That means a lot. Hopefully, I'll once school ends, I'll be doing more reviews and everything. I've been kind of on the down low with that, and I've been missing to do re- reviews. I haven't done any in a really long time. Um, but yeah, hopefully, I start reviews. Thanks. Oh, hopefully, reviews. I start that back up in the next week or two because uh, I'll be done with college, or at least the semester of college for a good month or so. But of course, yes. I'm going to be giving myself a little bit of a break. I've been going 100 100 miles per hour. We are going to be taking a break. After you know the Hawkeye finale and, mm-hmm. and Spider Man Far From Home, we're going to take a little little breather there. But we have some exciting stuff coming up. Yes, there have been meetings and everything, and I'm so excited to announce all this. All of it, I'm so excited. 
So guys at home, I want you to picture that Cole is overwhelmed with work and school. I'm overwhelmed with work and COVID. And yet we are getting on the Zoom with other people and we're chatting and spitballing some ideas. And then also just between us, stuff that we want to accomplish together and, and take masters to the next level. So can we? Yeah. Well, anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week's Master of Comic Books. And I hope you all have a wonderful day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. Bye-bye.